This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to Church Online. I'm Reverend Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry, and I'm so glad that you're choosing to join us today. Happy New Year. No, I cannot believe that it's January 7, and we're already on our way into the new year, but that's okay because I'm excited to share, and I mentioned this if you joined us last week, that we are starting a brand new series over the month of January looking at the fundamentals of faith. So I'm glad that you found us this morning. And if this is your first time finding us online and joining us, I am so glad that you're here. And I pray that today will be a blessing. I have a lot to share with you as we get started on this series. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are the God of new creations. I thank you that you have great plans for us. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fall in this place. I pray for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love. I pray that you will open up the hearts and the ears of those that are watching all over the world and that they will feel your presence in a real way and that they will believe that you are greater, greater than their situations, greater than their circumstances, greater than he who is in the world. So we love you. We thank you. We thank you for everything that you are going to do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you joined us last week, you'll know that we started off the new year with a New Year's Eve service. And we talked about how God is a God of new creations. And when I asked him, what did he want us to talk about as we get started in this new year? He was clear that not all of us are familiar with who God is, are confident in who God is, and can trust in that relationship. So it's important as we start off a new year that we understand the foundation that we're standing on, that that foundation of truth. Because oftentimes, depending on our upbringing, depending on the church we go to, what we've heard about God from other people, our past experiences, and that foundation of truth isn't necessarily based on the Bible. It's not necessarily based on God's word but based on our circumstances and our experiences and what we've experienced with God. Which means that as we look at everything, our foundation is not all going to be the same. We're not all going to be on the same page as we start this new year. And he wants to make sure that we are starting off with the fundamentals of faith. He wants to make sure that we are all on the same page, moving forward and growing in God. So over the course of this month, we're going to look at those fundamentals. What's important? How to understand who God is. How to read the Bible and apply it to our lives. 
how to walk out our faith each and every day, which is getting more and more challenging as we are living in this world, and then how to continue to grow in God, right? It's, we've talked about this before, how it's seed, time, and harvest, and that it's not just this thing where we wake up in the new year wanting to do a new thing and it's all easy. There is no easy button in following Jesus. It's a day by day, step by step, grabbing his hand and holding on sometimes for dear life because of all of the different things that we face. So I think as we move forward, I want to encourage you to keep an open mind. I want to encourage you that if you have had some misconceptions, uh, things that you've believed about God, things that have made your foundation unsure, your footing unsure, that I I want you to be able to have um, an open mind and allow the Lord to show you what it is that he wants to show you this month. Maybe especially what he wants to show you today so that we can know who God is. For those of you that know some of my story, uh, you'll know that I graduated in 1988 from high school and then went on to Hope College in Holland, Michigan. I was uh, trying to uh, work towards a Bachelor of Arts program. I was going to major in English and minor in writing. I wanted to be a writer. It was a lawyer or a writer, and I went with writer, and I'm glad that I did. And it was important for me to get, you know, my core curriculum out of the way and get all that focused so that the latter part of my college experience, I could focus specifically on the writing and that English major. So I went for two and a half years. I did all of the stuff that I didn't necessarily want to do, the hard stuff I got rid of the core curriculum and put out of the way. And then I lost my financial aid. And so I had a partial college experience and wasn't able to finish. And that was okay, right? I left. I went into full-time employment. I worked at a bookstore and um, I tried to write and, and do the things. But, you know, life happened. Life broke in. And that's okay. And, uh, but this year actually last year, 2023, I was presented with an opportunity, presented it with an opportunity to go back to school, to get my Bachelor of Arts in Christian ministry. And so I have been working on that and and studying at home. It's an online course. And uh, working towards getting my BA in Christian ministry. And then when that's done, I want to go on and get my master's in divinity. So I'm very excited about all of that. And with all that being said, this has put me on a new course for learning, right? Uh, filling in the gaps of the things that I maybe didn't know, uh, maybe thought wrong. And I am remaining teachable. And that's important, right, that we need to be able to remain or be teachable so that we can learn new things about God. And, and part of the reason um, that I have some missing pieces, some things that I didn't know about God, was for a long time, I wasn't in God's word. 
for a long time in my life. It just sat on the coffee table and I never picked it up. And it looked really good there, but I wasn't in it every day. Another uh, thing is man's doctrine, right? I've been to many different churches over uh, my life and every bit of doctrine was a little bit different, which could make it, it very confusing if I wasn't in God's word today. Man's interpretation of the Bible is doctrine, right? And how it's being presented. That's one degree of doctrine. And the rules and regulations that they are putting in place to have that make sense. And so if we were to go back in time to the New Testament, to Jesus's ministry, to the beginning of the church that we read about in Acts, you'll note that there aren't different denominations. There wasn't Catholic and Christian Reformed and Pentecostal and Evangelical. It wasn't about the different denominations. They were just followers of Jesus Christ, following Jesus. And yet today, when we describe ourselves, we typically say, well, I'm Christian Reformed. I'm Reformed, I'm Catholic, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Evangelical, right? It, but doesn't come out that we are followers of Jesus. We describe ourselves by our denomination, by our doctrine. And what I've seen over the years in people taking God and explaining him to people in such a way that they understand who he is and how that makes sense. It's more about the rules and the regulations and the doctrine and how to walk that out and how it makes sense to them and less about this universal, universal message, which is God's word. There are things in different denominations that are rules and regulations that are never listed here. And that can be challenging for people that are searching for God and want to know the truth. For someone searching for God, it may seem challenging to try and find him when there seems to be so many different churches and doctrines out there trying to explain who God is, and yet there is a lack of unity. And one of the number one reasons that you will find that people do not want to follow Jesus Christ today, do not want to have anything to do with God, if you ask them, they'll say, because of the church. And that's really sad. So today, if you want to know who God is, then I, I want to encourage you that it's not about the church. It's not about the denominations. It's not about the different doctrines out there. To know who God is means you need to know his Bible. You need to know his word. You need to know the love letter that he gave us to understand his truth so that we could follow him 
and not all be different denominations labeled that way, but to just be followers of Jesus Christ. So we're starting off today with the number one question. Who is God? And as you read the Bible and the scriptures, nowhere does it try to prove the existence of God by formal proofs. You're not going to read this and it's going to try to get you to believe that God is real. It's just an assumed fact. As you read it, it is the truth being revealed to us. And the Bible opens up by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right in Genesis 1. Some people don't believe this. Some people cannot believe there is a God who created and designed all things. Some people believe, and they would rather believe that there was an explosion. This big bang that happened that put everything in place. Everything was just formed. But let me ask you the question. If you were to pick up a pail and fill it with sand, tiny granules, and just throw it down on the ground, what would you have? Well, you would have a whole bunch of sand on the ground. It wouldn't just automatically form this castle. It wouldn't just automatically form uh, a person. It wouldn't just create a mountain, right? How we see the world today, there was a designer. There was a creator. All of the plants and animals and people and nature and the design of it, it has to be done by a designer and a creator who thought of everything. Right down to how we can heal if we cut our hand. Right down to how a baby can be made. Right down to how our body and its temperature will regulate based on an infection that we have. To fight the infection that the cells will, will go there. Right down to how a sun and a moon will orchestrate night and day. And the tides. How birds know when to migrate. Everything has a design and a purpose beautifully designed by God. This ultimate being that would take the time and care to design something so beautiful. And that was God. In the beginning, God created. If you need to know your first part of truth, you just need to open the Bible and it will tell you in the beginning, God created. And verses 1 through 25 talk about all that God has made and that it was good. And then in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the air, over the birds, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you want to know where we come from? We were created by God, man and woman, to have dominion over the earth and over everything in it, to subdue it and to manage all the things that God has given us. We were created in his image. Who is God? He is creator and designer and father. Father. Now that's a word that people stumble over because we instantly think of father as our earthly fathers. Maybe the father that abused you growing up. Maybe the father who was never around. You never knew your father. You felt the first sting of a child was abandonment, abandonment by your father. Maybe you had a wonderful relationship with your earthly father and yet he's not here anymore and you're missing him. But we equate the word father, what we experience in relationships here on earth, and that distorts our view. We also struggle because we can't see God like we can see or have seen our earthly fathers. So believing in something that you can't see with your physical eyes is challenging and some people can't do it. Some people need to see it, to touch it, to feel it before they're able to believe in it. They don't have the faith and they want more proof. But that's the next thing you need to know about God. He is not human. God is a spirit. God is a spirit with personality. He thinks and feels and speaks and therefore we can have direct communion with him and he with us as we are made in his image. As a spirit, we do not see him, but we can feel his presence. And for example, we cannot see the wind. We can't. We cannot see the wind, yet we feel it. Yet we can feel it moving. We can see that it's blowing by the things that it moves, by how it moves us. Yet we believe in the wind. But we struggle with believing in the one who created the wind. We struggle in believing in God. Who is God? 
He is infinite, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He is unlimited by space and time. He knows all things, which is a little unnerving. Matthew 6, 3 says, Your father knoweth even before you ask. I don't think that people want God to know everything they're thinking about. Yet he does. They think that we can hide things from God and we can't. I remember as a mom, I knew when my children were messing up and they would go, how did you know that? I'm your mom. You know, and then you've heard the, the saying, uh, moms and dads have eyes in the back of their head. We can see all things. But here's the thing. Parents, they eventually find out. They know because they're older and wiser, hopefully, and they can see what their children are trying to do. God knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you desire. He knows when you're hurting. He knows. God is holy and righteous and merciful and faithful. God is love. God is unchanging. And in our human forms, we have a hard time grasping onto words like those. Because we follow the constraints of time. We have to have things in this neat order following within a day, within a month, within a year, within eight hours of a day. We, we run by a schedule dictated by the time that we see on our phone or on our wrist. We have flesh that can be hurt and killed. We eventually, in these human forms, our body dies. We are not holy and righteous, but filled with sin. And we are constantly changing. We are constantly moving based on our feelings and emotions, operating in our flesh and weakness, just trying to get through the day. We feel like we are being blown around trying to navigate this journey. And oftentimes we are left feeling wanting, missing something. So if he created us in his image, then why do we struggle? Why do we struggle in these ways? Why do we have these negative things about us? Well, when we read in Genesis, everything was perfect. Designer, creator missed nothing. Everything was beautiful. God did not make any mistakes. His design, his intent was to be in relationship with his creation. For them to know him and love him and walk with him. For them to be confident of their identity and their purpose. To be in relationship with Father God. That was his design. But as you keep 
reading in Genesis, you'll know that sin entered the world and Adam and Eve made a choice. And because of that choice, the consequence was that sin came in and entered the world. And now we live in that fallenness, in that brokenness. We live there where we would struggle and where the enemy, the devil, would come to steal, kill, and destroy and try to take over our gift from God, earth itself, where we were given dominion and authority, where he would rule and reign for a time. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are fighting a battle every single day against the enemy of our soul. And his purpose, his sole purpose, is to make us forget. Forget who we are. Forget who created us in his image. Forget that we were designed to be in relationship with God. To forget who God is. And how does he do that? How does he make us forget? By encouraging people to remove God from everything. To make us forget. To make the generations that will come after us never even believe that there was a God in their past. They will look around and they will not see God anywhere. He will also, the enemy, will also make it more about rules and regulations. Making the church fight against itself. Are you seeing any of that today as you look at your world? In your community, are they removing God from things? Well, it started with us removing prayer from school. Now we're taking God out of uh, the government, out of um, old places where God was put up as a monument or sayings that were, had God in them, Bible verses, all that is being stripped away. And now as our children are growing up and looking at things in the world, there is no more God. And it is important that People are able to talk and have free speech and explain things, but not when it comes to God. If you bring up God in a conversation, it is shut down and you are forcing your beliefs on someone else. You see, the enemy is working and moving to make us forget who God is. And the rules and the regulations that are being enforced in churches and making people say, this is how our doctrine is, and this is who God is, is bringing disunity in the church. And it is making the church as a whole 
not look very appealing to people who are searching for God. If you were to spend time reading the Bible, if you were to follow uh, the course of action that happened with humanity, you would see God breaking in time and time and time again to restore us back to himself. And he put this plan in place. This ultimate plan that we read throughout the Bible. And we see prophets talking about it. Revealing to us that someone was coming. A Messiah was coming to save us from our sin. To save us from ourselves. To restore us back to God. And that ultimate plan that we read was so that God could send his one and only son to earth to live among us to die on a cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life and to be restored back to the father and that when we receive Jesus and make him Lord and Savior of our life, that we can actually live in this world. Knowing who we are, having all of the full resources of heaven to battle against the enemy and have peace, peace in a world of chaos. That we can actually live the way God originally designed and created the world to be, which was his shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Do you believe this today? Because this, my friends, is the firm foundation of our faith. These are the fundamentals. And if we don't have these, how can we build? How can we build on our truth? We have to know who God is. We have to believe that he is creator, designer, father. That he is omnipotent, omnipresent, and all-powerful. That he is El Shaddai, Adonai, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Elohim. And we must believe in God, the Son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, took upon himself the form of man, and buying by his becoming obedient unto death, bearing the curse of sin and sickness and sorrow, redeemed us back to God. He rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God the Father, where he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And now where he lives to make intercession for us until he returns to take us home.
This is good news. This is something to grab onto. This is a love letter written to us so that we can understand the heart of our Father, so that we can understand Creator God, so that we can understand that we are created in His image with a plan and a purpose, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. But He also tells us that we have an enemy an enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he tells us in his word how to fight. He tells us how to live. And every circumstance that we will face in this world, he tells us how to live and to overcome and to be like Jesus. It's all here. And yet the devil will try to distract us and detour us and make us forget who God is and have us try to do it on our own. You can do it. You're better off without God. You get to do anything you want. You don't need him. You don't need his, his words. Do whatever you want. Be whoever you want to be. Do and feel and taste whatever you want to taste. You only live once. Come on, give it a try. It will feel good. Just do it. These are some of the things that we battle every single day. And trust me when I say that they will take you down a road of destruction and you will sit there wanting to end your life with a bottle in your hand completely bankrupt alone isolated and wanting to end your life and you my friend are then exactly where the enemy wants you to be one less believer in the world one less image of God. Maybe where you are standing today, no matter where you're listening or watching from today in the world, you don't feel secure. Your footing is shaky. You don't know which direction is up. The ground that you're standing on feels like it could give way at any moment. You're unsure of who you are. You're unsure of how you got here. You don't believe with everything that you thought you knew about God. You don't believe that he loves you, that he created you, that he has great plans for you. You feel like you're a mistake, unwanted and unloved and floating in a sea of nothingness. You're doubting who you are and your purpose. You're doubting that maybe you're even loved by God. I want to remind you today that I have listened to the same lies from the enemy and he tried to take me off the course. He tried to make me forget who I was. He tried to make me forget who God was. He tried to put me in a place where I was standing in the bathroom with pills in the palm of my hand and wanted to end my own life. I've listened to the lies. He is not 
creative, but he is consistent. I'm here to tell you today that you need to rebuke him. You need to tell him to shut up and you need to believe that God loves you. You need to believe that he has great plans for you. You need to believe that you're not an accident or a mistake. You need to believe that God is your father. That he wants to have a relationship with you. You need to believe that he wrote a love letter to you explaining everything. And he wants you to align your life with his word. He wants you to know who he is. He wants to have a relationship with you. Start off this new year being teachable. Start off this new year understanding who God is and the great plans that he has for you. Start off on a solid foundation of truth. Make this year be your new beginning. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, so many times we don't know how to pray because we don't know who you are. We don't know how to say the words. We're overwhelmed by how do we pray? Who do we say it to? Do we talk out loud? Do we uh, do it in our mind? And Lord, I first and foremost want to just thank you for the invitation that you offer all of us to just come to you. Come to you as ourselves, broken and unbelieving and struggling and falling and confused. To just come to you, to sit with you like one would sit having coffee and ask the question, God, who are you? And that you want to have that communication with us. As easy as that, sitting down, grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting with you and saying, God, tell me who you are. Grow my faith. Let me have a relationship with you. I, I want to invite you into my heart. I want to start this new year off being in relationship with you. I want to realign or maybe align for the first time my life with your word. I want to put aside all the things of the flesh, my own desires, my own choices, all of my mistakes. Lord, I repent of my sin. Please forgive me. Please come into my heart and work and move and live as only you can. I want to have a relationship with you. It's as easy as that. Prayer is as easy as breathing. Prayer is just speaking out to God, talking to him, 
nothing fancy, just like we're talking right now, and trusting and believing that when we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. Father, Creator, Designer, work and move in our lives. Create in us a new heart. Show us the plans that you have for us, Lord, so that we can walk that out one step at a time, one day at a time, holding your hand. And Lord, I pray for all those that are hurting, those that are struggling with financial issues and health issues and marital problems and just the struggle of everyday life. Lord, may they feel your presence in a real way. May they believe that you are walking with them and that you want to help them. But we need to have a solid foundation. We need to know what the truth really is. We need to put aside all the lies that we've been believing and step out on a solid foundation that you can build upon. Lord, we ask that you work and move as only you can and in the waiting, in the waiting for things to come, give us your peace. We love you and praise you and thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being here. Don't forget, we're going to continue with the series next week, understanding our Bible and how to read it. I hope you will join us. But thanks for being here. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.